0: What's up, everybody? This is Matt Lagoza and Jack Quinn, and we are the hosts of the new podcast From the Bench, and this is going to be our first episode here, and pretty much we'll just explain what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the major topics around sports each week and just give our analysis, input. We're going to debate, you know, and we're just going to have a good time with it and give you guys some good sports content. Um, Jack, you got anything else to say?
1: No, it's just going to be a good time, and uh, look forward to working with you again, Matt.
0: Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, also, give us a follow on Twitter at from the bench two, and on Instagram at underscore from the bench underscore, where we will have more up-to-date news and uh, other content that we will post uh, every week. But uh, let's get into the show. So we're going to start off with some of the major headlines from the week and. Let's start off with the little goat. Charlie Woods and his big dad, Tiger, played in the PNC Championship this past weekend. And I don't know about you, Jack, but it has to be one of the coolest things I've seen in the world of sports in a while.
1: Yeah, it was really amazing to see. It's like a lot of his mannerisms, he's almost a carbon copy of Tiger. Even his swing and his putting stroke. Remember the fist bump that he had?
0: Yes, that. When I saw that, I was like, we grew up watching Tiger Woods dominate the world of golf, and now our kids are going to have to do the exact same thing, but with Charlie Woods.
1: You think so? There's a lot of pressure on him already. Like, There's already odds on him to win his first major before 25. There's a lot of pressure on him,
0: and here's the thing. He's 11 years old. He just played in a PGA Tour sanctioned event against other PGA pros with the cameras flashing and every, all the eyes were on him. He got right. an Eagle on day two. He feel calm, composed. His swing is one of the most perfect things I've ever seen. And he's what? Nine years younger than us.
1: Yeah. That's he,
0: he definitely has a lot of pressure on him, but I think if anybody can do it, it it's the son of tiger woods.
1: And for sure. Tiger's always on the spotlight anyway. So
0: yeah, exactly. And I think that's nothing new to Charlie. Um, okay. So let's move on. We've got, some big news from the NBA world. The Orlando Magic have signed two of their young stars, Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, to extensions. Fultz got three years, $50 million, and Isaac got four years and $80 million. And I don't know. It's definitely interesting uh, at how much money they're doing that they're giving away after giving uh, contracts to Vucevic and Aaron Gordon the past couple of years. But they're definitely solidifying their young core for the future.
1: For sure, for sure. I mean... I- I was a little dumbfounded by the move as like both of these players have a long history of getting injured. Um, But it does show like that they want to create a winning culture eventually and might be interesting to free agents, but I'm not sure how they're going to get the money to pay anyone.
0: uh, Yeah, no, that's true. Contracts
1: are so large.
0: And talking about injuries, Jonathan Isaac, he's not even playing this year. He had surgery for a torn ACL in August. So he's not even going to play this year. But, but you know, getting
1: paid.
0: <laughs> he's getting paid, and you know he had a solid year last year. Almost twelve, average almost twelve points, seven rebounds. He had two point three blocks per game, and we had a good opening night for Markel Fultz. He had fifteen points, five rebounds, and four assists. So you know, it's it's nothing special, but it's definitely improvement from years past. And you know, we'll we'll see what the, can come of it.
1: Yeah, they have like put together a, like great roster of young guys like they have a great young core and you know it might not be enough to compete now but maybe in the future
0: yeah you could definitely see and you know they're still they're definitely a couple years away from competing but a couple drafts a couple free agent signings these players are going to grow and maybe they'll be contending in a few years but okay so now one of the biggest headlines probably in the week of sports was the new england patriots missing the playoffs. For the first time since 2008, we have a new AFC champion in the Buffalo Bills. What do you think of this?
1: It's wild. I mean, I don't even I'm not sure I remember the last time the Pats missed the playoffs. I mean, uh, but I don't know where the, where the Pats and Belichick go from here. Concerning even Cam Newton, and um, it's also crazy to contrast this with Brady and the Buccaneers. Like they're in the hunt, and maybe Brady was the the key to them, their success. It really adds to the debate over Belichick and Brady.
0: Yeah. You know, as a Jets fan, I am ecstatic about this. (laughs) After years of torture by Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots, I could not be happier that the Buffalo Bills are going to be AFC champions this year. (laughs) Yeah, as you said, I don't really know where they go. If you just look at their numbers from this year, offensively, they averaged 20.6 points per game compared with almost a touchdown larger, 26.1 and 27.3 the last two seasons. And defensively, now I get it. They had a bunch of people opt out and injured for this season. So they only had about half of their starting defense from last year. But they allowed 21.5 points per game, compared to 14.1 and 15.5 the last two years. So all around the ball, they were not the New England patrons we know of, so it'll be interesting to see. They do have a lot of cap space this year, so we'll see free agent-wise. They're definitely going to have a higher draft pick than they're usually used to. You know, we'll see what happens, see what they go with. But I don't know. It's a new-look Patriots. It's going to be interesting to see what they do.
1: For sure. I mean, I mean, they're still going to be like a free agent destination given the history, the pedigree of Bill Belichick. So I'm sure this is not the end of the Pats dynasty at all. Um But again, it's just still wild to think about the Pats missing the playoffs, uh, given their history.
0: Yeah, and as you said, until Bill Belichick leaves New England, no one's even going to think twice about joining New England if they have the chance. Because if you can be the people to turn around the franchise and bring it back to its glory days, you're going to take that opportunity. For sure. But before we move on to the next thing, it – It's going to be interesting. Maybe they draft a quarterback this year. Maybe Bill Belichick gets a rookie quarterback.
1: That could be wild. I mean.
0: We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now the NHL, they announced their starting date for the new season, January 14th, and just two points I want to highlight is, one, as a Rangers fan, as a hockey fan, but especially as a Rangers fan, I am excited about the debut of Alex Lafreniere, the number one overall draft pick. Pairing him up with that young core of the Rangers is going to be amazing. And it's going to be interesting to see how he pairs up and how he compares to the other players from the draft. Um, but, yeah, that I'm extremely excited about that. And then the other thing I was going to mention that we can talk about here is because of COVID, they shortened their season from 82 to 56 games this season. How do you think that's going to just affect the players?
1: I mean, hockey is generally a pretty physical sport. Um, so I would feel like this would help them uh, given that they're going to be taking less hits. You're going to see more guys on the ice for longer. You know, these guys will be more, they'll be well-rested. Um, I think that really makes a difference in this physical of a sport.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I definitely think uh, this is going to help the players and it's it's just going to be interesting to see the amount of minutes that each player gets on the ice now with the shortened season. Because I could definitely see some of the bigger stars in the game getting more minutes than they're used to, because they're not going to have to play as many games uh, throughout the season.
1: Right, and more games will count. Um, more... Exactly. Yeah, down the line, like it's going to be more competitive.
0: Yep, and you've got no. There's no room to mess up. They've got to be on their game from the beginning, because if you don't start well in the first. 15, 20 games, you could be out of the playoff race already. You
1: you don't have that wiggle room you usually do with more games in the season.
0: Exactly. So now moving on to the last headline of the week, probably the most important to the entire world as a whole, Lionel Messi, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, soccer player of all time, has passed Brazilian legend Pele for the most goals for a single club when he scored a 644th goal for Barcelona in a three nil win over Vladolid on Tuesday, that record that Pele held has been there since 1975. That is 45 years that he has held that record. And it is finally broken.
1: I'm not even surprised.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Like it's messy. And, I think, you know, Ronaldo, he probably would have broken that if he had stayed at one club, but, you know, he moves. And, you know, no matter what, you know, there's been a lot of controversy around him in Barcelona this past summer and everything, you know, about him possibly leaving. You know, he still could after this year. But, you know, it just shows the commitment that he's had to the club. He's been there since the age of 13, and he loves it there. And he's given his life to it. And they've repaid him here.
1: Yeah. He's a goat. I mean, it's all respect. Um, You know, relate him. I know Jordan left the bulls, but you know, they did stake out their own claim with their own franchise and built their own legacy. And it really shows. And that loyalty is respected. And I, again, I'm not even surprised. Yeah. You know, this is just messy doing messy things.
0: Exactly. And you know, He's got greater things to come, whether it's at Barcelona or somewhere else. We all know he's going to do great things until he retires. There's not going to be a decline for him. No,
1: definitely.
0: All right. So now we're going to move into, let's get deeper into conversation here. We're going to start talking about some of the major topics now. And, you know, this is probably the one that's been on the mind of every football fan. Some people happy. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Some people not so happy. Jets. Like you, Matt. (laughs) Like me, like me. And this is a tough one for me, but the Jets won a football game. They won a football game. And (laughs) they lost the first overall pick. They lost Trevor.
1: I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know how you could be bad at losing football games. You can even be bad at doing that. Um,
0: it's just, see, when I was watching this game, I was sitting there on the couch. You know, we scored a touchdown. I was happy, you know, because, like, I want the guys to do well. Because, like, you know, I like Sam. I like Frank Gore. I like all these guys. I want them to do well. But I also don't want them to win this year. So, you know, I was like, yeah, maybe we'll put up a touchdown, two touchdowns, and then lose. And we were up 10-0 and 17-0. And we are up 17-3 at the half. And that's when I got scared. <laughs> That's when I got I mean, scared that we might actually win, and I knew it was going to happen. I talked about this when we were 0-8. I was like, you know what? Last year we were 2-6 and six the first half and finished 6-2 and two the second half. I know we're going to mess this up, and we did.
1: I mean, even if they, the Jets do fall to two, they could pick Justin Fields from Ohio State, um, Heisman Trophy finalist last year. Um, he put together a solid senior year campaign this year um 15 touchdowns and five picks but what do you think about Justin Fields as the alternative to Trevor Lawrence
0: it see this is where I want to get into it a little bit because the Jets really do have three options and that number one option the one that's most likely going to happen is they're going to draft Justin Fields or the legend of BYU Zach Wilson but as you were saying Justin Fields I think in any other draft if Trevor Lawrence was not in this draft, he would be a number 1 overall pick. No question. For sure. He's got the stuff, he's got the size, he's got the throw, the arm. He can even move out of the pocket. He's got he's a very, very solid prospect. He's just not Trevor Lawrence, and that's why he's not the number 1 overall pick. And right now, you know, he had a great season last year. And he had over 40 touchdowns, less than 5 interceptions. Like he was elite. And the thing is we have Zach Wilson from BYU. He had one of the best seasons I've seen in a while, uh, other than Joe Burrow, you know, from last year. That was crazy. But it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do because they could draft quarterback there, or, you know, they could trade down. They could go draft Penna Sewell with the first with uh, offensive lineman. It, it's going to be interesting to see where they go because now that they don't have Trevor Lawrence. It's a completely different conversation. Do they Darnold? Do they go with a new person that's not a generational talent? What do they do?
1: Right. I mean, as a Jets fan, you're you're ready to give up on Sam Darnold. I mean, would you be okay if they pick they didn't pick a quarterback?
0: See, here here's where I go with it. And I like Sam and I do not think he was developed well. I think he's got all the talent in the world. And I think if he goes to a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, with his friend Juju Smith-Schuster, stuff like that, I think he can still be a franchise quarterback if he has the right weapons and the white coaching staff. And right now, I don't believe the Jets have any of that, and we could. So, in my opinion, I am fine if we do any of these options because either way, we're going to be – three, four, five, maybe more seasons out from contending in any kind of way without Trevor Lawrence. So if we draft a new quarterback, I'm fine with that. And we trade Sam. If we draft a new quarterback, keep Sam and have them battle it out, I'm fine with that. If we stick with Sam, I'm fine with that at this point. As long as we improve the team around whoever our quarterback is, I'm going to be happy because a quarterback does not win right away.
1: For sure, for sure, it's all long-term investment in this draft, um, and I don't know. Like, this is an important draft for the Jets. It's it'll be important down the road, as you said.
0: Yeah, and it the Jets are really deciding a lot of teams' futures here because if they draft Seawall, then the Bengals are probably going to trade down, trade up, trade down because they want Seawall to protect Joe Burrow. So now, what's going to happen? They could trade down and Washington can move up and get Justin Fields or something like that. So the jet like if they end up trading down or drafting someone other than the quarterback this completely changes a lot of teams draft philosophy because they could get someone that they weren't even expecting to be available at their point. Um, sure. But yeah. The Jets not only mess up their future but they could be messing up other teams. <laughs> but you know, there's still time. We got before we make any decisions, even talk about this further. There's still two games left in the season. Jacksonville could still win a game somehow. I don't know. But, you know, we're guaranteed a top two pick. So we have other than Trevor Lawrence, we have our pick of any prospect we want. Um, Congrats, man. Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. I'm glad that we are bad at football. <laughs> so, you know, maybe maybe sometime in my life the Jets will be good again. But
1: uh, the like were in a, a little bit of a rut.
0: But Yeah. Not too good. All right. So now let's move on to some of these prospects we were talking about, the college football playoff. We've got Clemson, Ohio State, and and Alabama, Notre Dame. Jack, let's start off with Clemson and Ohio State. Who do you have winning this game?
1: Uh, I have Clemson winning this game just straight up because of Trevor Lawrence and Dabba Sweeney, um, you know. Just that they are dominant on both sides of the ball. Um, And, you know, they do have a lot of top prospects um, that are going to enter this this year's draft.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Clemson is the favorite in this game. And Ohio State has a lot of good weapons. um, And they're a good team, but I just don't think they can compete with Clemson, with Trevor Lawrence. I know they have in the past. You know, they had the rematch. They played in the uh, semifinal last year with them. it It's going to be interesting to see. I think Clemson is definitely going to win this game. But it could, if if Justin Fields shows out and has the game that we expect him to have, it, it could be a close game.
1: Yeah, and also, like, just yeah. in terms of uh, going back to the Jets, I mean, if Justin Fields does show out in that game, maybe – it it wouldn't be that bad for you if you do get the second pick and end up picking him, you know, it might reinforce that decision-making.
0: Exactly. This, I was actually, I should have mentioned this before. If if you think about it, if Justin Fields has great, say somehow he beats Clemson has a great game moves to the natty, it doesn't matter if he wins or not, just has a good game in the natty. The, the Jets will pick him. There's no question. He will have, like, you can't, can't do anything about it if he's having great games and huge games like you know he's got the mentality to be able to play in the nfl football but if sure. he doesn't have a good game if he does not play well against clemson i could see zach wilson moving up in the board and moving from qb3 to qb2 and the jets possibly choosing him with the second overall pick so this is a big two games for justin fields and he's got to show out for it
1: sure for sure
0: Next, we've got Alabama Notre Dame, and you know, Notre Dame played Clemson. Didn't go so well for them. And right now, it seems like Alabama's probably a better team than Clemson. I don't like Notre Dame's odds in this game.
1: You know, it's Alabama.
0: No, Mac Matt, Matt Jones, Devonta Smith, both Heisman candidates this year. Uh, you got Najee Harris as well, and a great defense. And come on, Nick Saban, you, you can't do anything about that. Alabama's going to win this game. And for the Natty, I've got Alabama over Clemson. Um, It's going to be a good game. You know, these two have been a powerhouse in college football for the past couple years. They've been meeting nonstop in the championship. And it's going to be another good one. I think Mac Jones and Devonta Smith are going to come out on top. Um, And I don't know. I just think it's going to be a great game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you there. I'm going to take Clemson. Um, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy, um, you know, best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. You know, he's going to be a clear cut first pick. Um, and it's Davo Sweeney, you know, he's uh, you know, he is prolific coach. He knows how to win. Um, and as I said earlier, they're dominant on both sides of the ball. So I think it'll be a really good game uh, and it'll be very competitive.
0: Yeah. And so, Now, we're actually going to stick with Alabama here for a little bit. You know, there's two people that are in this race. We're going to go for a Heisman prediction. You know, the top five prospects right now are Kyle Trask from Florida, Devonta Smith and Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. Those are the top four. Then there's guys like Trevor Lawrence that could possibly fit in to this conversation. I've got Devonta Smith. This season, he has put up video game numbers. Like, there's no question, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Zach Wilson, they've had great years. But let's give it to the wide receiver and Devonta Smith. Get him into the first round of this draft. Give him the Heisman, and he's going to have a great NFL career.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I also like Mac Jones, though, uh, given his, his statistics. Um, he's got 32 touchdowns, four picks, uh, over 3,500 yards. Um. Can't really complain about that from your starting quarterback. Um, I, I think he deserves the Heisman.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's really no going wrong this year in your Heisman candidate. Obviously, everybody has their top pick who they want to win the Heisman. But in my opinion, see, in my opinion, I think Devonta Smith should win it. But if Zach Wilson won or Mac Jones won, Kyle Trask, any of them, I'd be completely fine with it because all of them have had tremendous seasons this year. And they're, they all are going to go in the first round of the draft. Maybe not Mac Jones. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, he might go second. But it, it's going to be a great Heisman race. And it's going to be interesting to see who wins. All right. Now we're going to move on to the next level of football. The NFL playoff picture. And we're going to start off in the AFC right now. And it is a nail biter for these last two playoff spots between the Browns, the Dolphins and the Ravens, Jack, who do you have getting into those last two spots?
1: Um, you know, I like the Ravens. Um, and I like the Browns. Um, I think, um, both of those, I mean the Ravens just given, I know they've been struggling as of late, but they have a star studded roster. Um, they, um, you know, with Lamar Jackson um, and their offense, I really think they can push past uh, when these last couple games make it in. And also I'm just rooting for the Browns given their, their struggles in the past. Um, and it's one of the – they've won – they went 10-4 and four, um, so far. Also playing the Jets this week, which helps. And I've really liked what I've seen from Baker Mayfield this year. He's really uh, matured, um, and I thought this is one of his best seasons yet.
0: Yeah, no, there's no question. When Stefanski came in to be the head coach, he, he found Baker's potential. There's no question about it. This is the best I've seen Baker in a while, and I actually talked about this in a tweet last night. Um, the Browns, they still have a chance to win the AFC North because the Steelers have lost three in a row, and this week they are playing the Indianapolis Colts. If the Colts win and the Browns win, who they're against the Jets, but, you know, they beat the Rams last week, so who knows?
1: Right.
0: we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but if they win and the Steelers lose, they're in a tie for first place atop the AFC North, and they're playing each other in Week 17. That could be a huge Week 17 matchup because one of them is going to be the AFC North champion and one is going to be a wild card.
1: Right, so that's, a, that's a huge game.
0: That could be – this is a huge game for both franchises because the playoff positioning, it's going to be completely different for whichever team uh, wins the North. But, yeah, I've got the Browns and Dolphins making it. I just don't like the way the Ravens have been playing. They They just haven't really found their identity this year. You know, last year they were a running offense. This year Lamar's passing the ball more, and they're just just—they're just a little confused. They don't know exactly what their identity is yet. And I'm not counting the Ravens out. They can definitely get there uh, to the playoffs this year. But I just like the Dolphins better. Great defense. They're riding the Tua train right now. And I, I don't think they can stop them right now.
1: Yeah, now uh, Dolphins have been I, – I think they've exceeded expectations. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I have to agree, too, has been fantastic. Um, he, I'm sort of happy for the Dolphins in that they've been scrambling in terms of the quarterback situation, seem to have found a quarterback for the future. And I don't know, I can also see that happening. You know, you raised really, really good points with the Ravens. So we'll see what happens.
0: Um, yeah. And the Dolphins, you know, we've been talking about two. are going to the Dolphins for years. We've known that Tua was going to be the Dolphins quarterback for the past three years because of how bad they were. We knew they were going to have a top five pick. They were going to get Tua Tagovailoa. They went into the offseason before the draft. They drafted, pe- they drafted people around them. They signed people for their defense, helped protect them. This year they're going to hopefully – I'm thinking they're going to draft a guy like Devonta Smith in the first round, get him another weapon. They're going to be good for years.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they look good. I mean, I don't, how, how do they play uh, defensively, Matt?
0: They're, the past couple weeks, they've been playing absolutely amazing. Uh, they've got a lot of veteran guys in there. They've got great secondary right now. But, you know, they need depth. They That's their big thing. They've got great starters. They do need some extra pieces in there because they need to be able to play well throughout the entire game. And I think as the seasons go on, they're going to need more than just their starters. And they've had some good uh, play off the bench so far, but I don't think it's enough to hold up long-term. So they're definitely going to go for some help this offseason um, in that area. But I think so for this season alone, they are playing well enough to make it into the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that it's, you know, it's nice to see that they're trending upwards and they're solidifying this base. And depth is, you know, I think that'll come. You know, as you said, they'll probably have a good position in the draft, get two or some more weapons. But I think now they're more attractive destination for free agents as well, given that they've established this winning culture.
0: Yeah. And not only do you have winning culture, Brian Flores, two attack at you're in Miami. You can't get any better than that.
1: That's true.
0: <laughs> so now let's talk about the NFC East. This has been an interesting division the past couple years. You know, um, not much going on. I agree. But right now it looks like it's the football team or the Giants. And right now the football team has the easiest schedule going in the last two weeks. Jack, who do you got winning, your boys or the football team?
1: Last two weeks the Giants haven't looked that good. But I'm going to preface this by saying I I was – I think the Giants started off like one in five or something, and I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe we'll get a good draft pick, and then we go ahead, we win. And then we're at the top of the division at one point, so it's like okay, so we're going to make the playoffs, and then we lose a couple games, and now we're back in the middle. But you know, Washington is looking really good. You know, their defense is very solid. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat us out, but you never know. The Giants always have this these magical comebacks and this relentlessness about them to win. So we'll see. You
0: yeah, know, Washington football team is a great team. They're they're really a quarterback away from being for contending. For the playoffs, obviously they need a couple more pieces to be able to actually contend in the playoffs. But yeah, they can't ride with Dwayne Haskins long-term. They're definitely going to go quarterback in the draft most likely. Right now, they're probably going to go someone like Trey Lance or Kyle Trask, depending on where they fall. But we were talking about this earlier. The Jets draft Penn Seawall, or if they trade down, the Bengals or the Jets could trade with them, and they can g- jump up and grab Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward from this but let's talk about the Giants like Wayne Gallman has stepped in for Saquon Bar- Barkley tremendously this season
1: yeah I mean he's been impressive I have to say you know part of the reason why is because of the offensive line it's really improved you know it might not show in the amount of times Daniel Jones been sacked but I have to say the Giants actually have improved their offensive line It's like I don't think that have would ever come out of my mouth dealing with the years of Eli Manning he's under constant pressure but you know Wayne Gallman part of that success is due to that offensive line and he's always been a guy that can move he's very fast and agile and it's nice you can we can have that one-two punch uh, when Saquon comes back
0: final question for the NFC East is Jones still your guy I
1: I think he is yeah given the time where the offensive line's playing well you know he can he can pass the ball and I, I know he's had problems with turnovers, but that's partly because of the pressure he's under at all times but you know what's what I like about him more than Eli in terms of the playing style is the fact that he can run out of the pocket he could run and and he can rush for touchdowns and that's yeah you know it goes hand in hand like if, if you have a bad offensive line and a mobile quarterback. It's not the end of the world. I think I'd give him one more season to see if he develops.
0: Yeah, no, I like Jones. I, again, I didn't agree with them drafting him at six. I think they probably could have gotten him with their second first round pick that year, the 17, whatever it was. But no, I like Jones. I think kind of it's the New York quarterback situation is very similar for both teams. They don't have much around them. They've got horrible offensive lines. They've, Sam Darnold has never had a good coach. You, Daniel Jones has had to deal with multiple coaches. So it's just – I think both guys are in really bad situations. The Giants one is getting a little better than the Jets, <laughs> like a lot better actually. But um, I definitely think if Daniel Jones has a good year next year, maybe if he gets two years, he, he could definitely be the guy in New York.
1: Yeah, I I, I think the throws he makes, like, hes it's Danny Dabs, you know. Danny Dabs. He – he shows these flashes of being absolutely incredible. But, and then other times he'll just, he'll get hit and I'll just fumble, you know, like yeah. he has a lot of fumbles. Uh, it's really annoying to watch sometimes.
0: Well, speaking of turnovers, Wentz, Jalen Hurts, who is your guy in Philadelphia?
1: Um. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to give up on Wentz yet. I don't know. Um, I like Jalen Hurts, um, but I don't think Carson Wentz is really, you know, he's not necessarily the problem. He has no help around him at all. Um, but Jalen Hurts really looks good. I mean, what do you think?
0: <laughs> See, in my opinion, again, I don't—I I haven't given up on Wentz either. I think he's still got the stuff to do it. I just don't think it's going to be in Philadelphia. I like Hurts. He's playing well in the offense. They still need weapons because their receivers, they drop the ball way too much. There's way too many drops on there. But we've seen over the past couple games, I know they lost to Arizona, but Jalen Hurts has brought a new energy to this team. They are playing so well. They've got a great defensive front to start off. They need some help in the secondary, but if they can get a couple more weapons for Jalen Hurts, they could be a completely new team next year and make the playoffs. Now, Wentz, he can still lead them there. I just think the team has lost confidence in him. I think he's lost confidence in, in himself, and he needs a new beginning. Now, two things I'm thinking Chicago or Indianapolis, because both of those teams, Indianapolis is a quarterback away from being Super Bowl contenders. There's no, Phillip Rivers is not going to bring them a Super Bowl. Right. Carson Wentz, if he goes back to, you know, 2016, 17, 18, those seasons, he delivers them a Super Bowl within three years, in my opinion. If, like, if they can get a couple more offensive weapons, and Chicago, obviously not Super Bowl contenders, but Mitchell Trubisky cannot be their future. And they're definitely, like the Colts, they won't be Super Bowl contenders, but they, if they get a guy like Wentz, they can be playoff contenders every year.
1: Yeah, I, I like those those possible destinations for sure. But do you think teams would be hesitant to take on that huge contract given his injury history?
0: See, that's that's the one thing. And I definitely think with this is the year that they can do it because the Eagles will take up a majority of his contract because of the season he's had. And, you know, going to be a stretch. Can they get him back to what he was? And it's also going to depend on how much money – philadelphia takes on and i think they will take up a majority of his contract because of the season he had um but it's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see what the cut line is for these teams how much money are they willing to take on for him and it, it, so it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason
1: for sure i mean the the division nfc east could look totally different next year um, oh yeah you know Dallas will be healthy. You know Press Back will be back.
0: Mm-hmm. One team gets one piece, and like yeah. the bottom of the division can go to the top. It, it there's not much separating these guys.
1: For sure, for sure. All
0: right, so now let's move on to the National Basketball Association. We are finally back in the NBA season. You know, wasn't actually that long. It just ended a couple months ago, but you know, we're back and. You know, it's never too early for some finals predictions. So, Jack, after opening opening games, who do you have?
1: Um, despite the Lakers' loss last night, I'm going to say that they're going to win the finals again. They're going to repeat. Um, they're going to play the Bucs. Uh, I'm just, you know, the Lakers with their offseason additions of Montrez, Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, all upgrades to their finals roster – I don't see them really – maybe they'll have their regular season struggles, but once they have it together, I really think they're going to be a problem and they're going to be hard to stop.
0: Yeah. And the same with me. I've got the Lakers winning it. I I see last night as, you know, it's opening night. They didn't have a preseason. They haven't really been able to play with each other that much. I I just think it was an off game, and I don't think the Clippers are going to get better – get the better of the Lakers again. And, you know – PG still has to stay consistent. He had a great game, but I don't know if he can put up those kind of numbers again. We'll see against in big... It, we, we need to see him put those kind of numbers up in the playoffs. Yeah. So, come yeah. playoff time, he they could get the better of the Lakers in the regular season, however many times they play. I still don't trust them in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, if if even if Paul George is anywhere near good, they could knock off the Lakers. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's coming off the last year with, for the Clippers, losing 3-1 to the Nuggets. Yeah, this is go time for them this season. They, they have a lot to prove. Um, they talked a lot of smack last year. So, yep. let's see it.
0: Yeah, no. And against the Lakers, I've got the Nets. I know it's only been one game. But, wow, Kyrie and KD. They, Kyrie might have actually found someone he can work with.
1: Yeah, I mean, that from what I've seen, the the small sample size from preseason and um, opening night, KD doesn't look like he's missed a step. You know, he's looks, he
0: looks – He's an MVP candidate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is insane. Um, same with Kyrie. He looks probably the healthiest I've ever seen him. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. And their roster is also insane. Like, their depth does match the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but you see the Bucs knocking off the Nets?
0: I can I mean, see it. The, the net, Yeah, the Nets knocking off the Bucs. I think so. The Bucs haven't changed that much. Like, last season, you know, when they lost, it might have been a fluke. You know, they just didn't play well in the series. But I don't know. They just haven't – they re-signed Giannis. They still have Chris Middleton. They haven't changed enough to be able to defeat Katie and Kyrie. They lost to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum last night. Giannis missed the tying free throw. Like, again, it's only one game.
1: They did acquire Drew Holiday. They did get Drew
0: Holiday. I did like that acquisition. It's just I don't think they changed enough. And I think if Katie and Kyrie do end up working out and being a great duo, I just don't think they're going to be able to stop both of them if it comes to a playoff series,
1: I agree. I mean, that's actually fair points for sure. Um, but the the only thing I would say is Giannis is unstoppable. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I don't know if KD can guard Giannis, but vice versa, you know. But Giannis is coming after a Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I agree. Yeah. Like, Bucks have not made many moves to improve.
0: I think they, they're they confident in the team that they have, and they could definitely do it. I, I'm not saying they won't. It's just, in my opinion right now, KD and Kyrie look too comfortable. And if they can continue that throughout the season and the playoffs, it's going to be tough to stop. Yeah, I, I agree. So now yeah. let's move on to some juicy stuff now. James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Houston looks chaotic and Russ just looks comfortable. So who was the problem in Houston? Was it Russ? Was it Harden? What's going on?
1: And I don't think it was necessarily a problem between them, but maybe between the management, um, you know, it didn't work out. It it was never going to work out given that both these stars need the ball in their hands. They're both scorers. Harden needs the ball to score. He's not a, you know, he doesn't. Spot up and shoot. Um, so I sort of like that they separated, and I, I'm happy for Russ for finding a new home in in uh DC. Mm-hmm. But Harden seems to be, you know, troublemaker, huh?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It. I don't know. See Russ and and Bradley Beal, they look great right now. Like them together, I think is going to be a great duo because Beal's a scorer, and Russ needs the ball in his hands. He's got someone that he can throw the ball out to. That's what he needs. In Houston, it's going to be interesting because James Harden, he gets John Wall now. Another superstar backcourt player. Another guy that needs the ball in his hand. And Houston just... It seems like they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and now John Wall. And they just keep trying different combinations with James Harden and hoping it works. And... We've seen James Harden' personality. It Obviously, this year, it got them their game postponed. And DeMarcus Cousins, him, he also got um, COVID violation as well. It's a lot of big personalities on that team, and I, I don't know. It, it could work. It could. You know, they're all great players. They could figure it out. But Based on the history, I, I don't like their odds.
1: Yeah, I could they they're, they're going to make the playoffs no matter what just Oh yeah, yeah, Harden, no question. Harden's prestige. Just in terms of the Rockets, the Rockets might need to trade Harden for mm-hmm. and, and agree to, to a deal for less of their asking price. I think the Rockets should just rebuild.
0: Mhm. I agree. I I just think they they've tried it It hasn't worked well enough and they're running out of time. They they need to trade people while they still have their big value and get what they can. Um, Cause otherwise they're going to, they could be the next Knicks if they don't do it because Harden could lose all of his value. They've got, you're not going to get anybody from DeMarcus cousins. You're not going to get anything from John wall unless he puts up big numbers. You've yeah. got to get what you can out of these players before it's too late.
1: And I have to say just, it's really nice to see John wall back on the court yeah. Just his preseason, Um, he looked great. He had spring in his step. And I hope he he plays well for them this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to our last topic here. Now, as we were talking about with finals, it's never too early. So let's make award predictions for the NBA. So, Jack, let's start with the biggest. Who do you have for MVP?
1: I have Luka Doncic.
0: Same. Um, Okay, perfect. (laughs)
1: luca magic he's just insane he's just one of the best players in the nba right now and i'm excited to see what he does this year
0: yeah no i really like luca he's he's got everything he can shoot he can pass he can rebound he he's got the personality to be in the nba he's got the determination and he's leading that mavericks team and he has since he got to the nba and there are a lot of them. They're, – they're great candidates. If KD has a great season, he could do it. Giannis can always win it. Obviously, LeBron is a candidate every year.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I just think Luke is going to out outplay everyone, and he's going to get the MVP he deserves.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Now, for Coach of the Year, this one's an interesting one because there are a lot of candidates, depending on how their season goes, obviously. I'm going to go with Steve Nash because – I just think he's going to get a lot of headlines they're going to get a lot of wins if they make it to the finals they, Like it is he is going from legendary player to possibly legendary coach and I think if they do make the playoffs if they play really well if they win the East I think he will get coach of the year
1: uh, that's definitely an interesting pick um, I think I'll just go with Frank Vogel Okay. Um, with The Lakers, I feel like this might be like one of the most challenging uh, years to coach given, you know, you don't have the training camp, you don't have summer league, you don't have the time to get the chemistry correct with your players. So and given the Lakers offseason um, acquisitions, I think there's a lot that they need to figure out. And I think Fred Fogle is the guy to do it.
0: Frank Vogel he he's going to be a candidate for the next couple of years like sure. the way he he has worked that organization it's it's been great. Now this is an interesting one. Rookie of the year. We saw the debuts of rookies the last two days. Some great, some not so great. MVP uh, rookie of the year front runner LaMelo Ball. I know it's only one game. 0 for 5 from the field. Over for 3 from 3. Jack, who do you have for Rookie of the Year?
1: I think I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards. Um, I think Thanks. he's the best all-around player um, generally. he's already has a whole package. He's already established, I think. A lot of the other guys have a lot to prove in terms of you know, their skill set and development-wise. But Anthony Edwards generally has a lot in his bag already.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like Anthony Edwards. He had a great – he had a good preseason, a great opening game. You know, he was one of the most questioned first overall picks in the past couple years, you know. No one was really sure who was going to be number one. Like, last year we knew it was Zion. Like, I feel like we've known who was going to be the number one pick the last couple years. This one was definitely questionable. But I think Anthony Edwards silenced the critics here. And I think he will come away with rookie of the year this year.
1: For sure. And, you know, like, I'll, Obi Toppin is, you know, he might might put up a good rookie campaign, but he's not going to start giving Julius Randle is on the roster. So we'll see what happens with him.
0: And I like LaMelo Ball, but Terry Rozier tore it up last night. And Devontae Graham, they've got such a stacked backcourt right now. I just don't think he'll be able to put up the numbers in order to compete for Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree.
0: So now defensive player of the year. We had Giannis last year, and it's only one game in. I've got Miles Turner. I know it was against the Knicks. He had eight blocks last night. He looked great on defense. He he looks like a new player. He just looks comfortable out there on the floor.
1: Yeah, he did look good last night. Um, I think I might just go with um, Bam Adebayo. I mean, it's like – I don't know – he has a lot to prove. You know, that Miami Heat team also I feel like might be slept on in the playoffs because they didn't okay. make many moves, but they were in the finals last year. So mm-hmm. they're a tight-knit group. Um, and Bam is a great rim protector, and I feel like you know, he slept on as a defender as well. Um, and he has a lot to prove. So, you know, maybe that might happen. Who knows?
0: You know, the Heat are definitely going to be an interesting topic of conversation because everybody thinks last year was a fluke. So maybe Bam bio, Jimmy Butler, they, they got to put up big games, Tyler Harrow, all of them, because they, they got to at least get to the playoffs because they got to prove everybody that they still have what it takes to compete in the NBA. sure. All right. So now we got the last two awards here. Most improved player. I've got Christian Wood. He played 23 games last year, only 23, and he put out outstanding numbers. He started the season off with a great game last night. I think he's going to have another great season, and he, I think he's going to get most improved.
1: It's a good pick. Um, I think I'm going to take Marco Fultz, Um, just given he's got the confidence of the organization behind him now, given this this extension, and he's got a very, you know. He's got a good shot at putting up good numbers with the roster he has. Um, and he's got a lot to prove. So he's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he was the number one pick. Um, so I think he'd be a solid choice for most improved.
0: Yeah, no, I like that take. I, I think that contract is going to be a huge confidence booster for him. Because, you know, he after the first year, everybody was thinking he could possibly be a bust. And now he's found a home in uh, Orlando. And maybe that contract just gives him what he needs to push him forward and have him be comfortable in his game again. Maybe, maybe he is the player that we all thought he was going to be out of college. So we'll see what happens. But I, I definitely like that pick for most improved. For sure. And now finally, we got the sixth man of the year. You know, it. this has been a good award the past couple of years. There's a lot of good candidates out there. For me, it's got it's going to be Montrezl Harrell. He went from the Clips to the Lakers, and he had a great first game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree with you there. It's either Montrez or uh, Lou Will. Uh, okay, of course. For me. Um, Lou Will is like, obviously, he's a front runner for six-man every year. <laughs> um, and Montrez, as you said, looked very good last night. He looked comfortable in a Lakers uniform. Um, and I'm sure he'll continue to do what he does best and supply energy off that bench.
0: Yeah, and another guy that I was thinking about, Karis Levert. And that's going to be an interesting one because he was a starter, now converted to bench player because of KD and Kyrie. And he just looked like he had so much freedom out on the court when he was the guy out there. He's got a a lot less on his back now that he's got those two guys in Brooklyn. He's definitely a candidate I could see coming up front this year.
1: Oh, for sure. That's a good point. Um, You know, in that preseason game, he looked fantastic, and he's got a lot – he's learning from KD and Kyrie. So, you know, that could easily be sixth man of the year right there.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, so that's all we got for our first show. Jack, that I think that was solid. We got a lot of points across. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to start this and um getting ready for some more content in the weeks to come.
1: Yeah, thanks all for listening. Matt, that was that was great, a lot of fun. Um yeah, look forward to putting out more episodes.
0: Yeah, make sure to listen in Saturdays at three and follow us on socials. So we got Twitter from the bench to and on Instagram underscore from the bench underscore. So make sure to give us a follow and hopefully you like it. See you guys later.